we enjoy what we do. You know, I mean, I, I worked for the Glidden Paint Company for 20 years and I retired. I was the number one sales rep in the country and I retired to open my motorcycle shop. But it's, you know, I wasn't the guy that said, hey, I'm going to open me a motorcycle shop, make a lot of money. <laughs> Never crossed my mind. Never crossed my mind. My mind was, can I make enough money to, to feed my wife and kids and and you know everything else is fine and you know, anything over that's good so that was 25 years ago welcome to the lone star play podcast i'm your host patrick scott armstrong join me and a famous guest every monday wednesday and friday we discuss their career life food texas and everything in between let's get started so all right, let's get to the show. My guest today is Rick Fairless. Okay, that name may sound familiar if you are into vroom, vroom, motorcycles. I don't know if that was a motorcycle. He does choppers. Okay, so that probably wasn't a chopper sound, but that's all I got, guys. Um, this is the type of guy you just want to have a beer with and chat and, you know, smoke a couple cigarettes. Just really enjoyed uh, talking to this guy. So he has a bike shop up in uh, the Dallas area. You know, this guy puts together the most amazing bikes you have ever seen. If you're listening to this, look at the YouTube video and you'll see some pictures uh, that we put up of the actual bike. So, and if you're watching this, you'll you'll see the pictures, obviously. I don't know anything about choppers, right guys? So it's a really great way to learn about choppers. That's why I love having this podcast. You know, we're always bringing on people that I don't know something about. And then we get to learn together about this stuff. You know, I think of Wendy Barker about poetry Gosh, still one of my favorite episodes that woman is just amazing if you if you didn't listen to that episode go back and listen to such a sweet woman and i learned about poetry and you know learned about wrestling from tom pritchard learning about all kinds of stuff food acting music this is from all these people we bring on um so this was another good one chopper super cool i wish i could write a chopper I just not built for it. Talk a lot about businesses and also the pandemic and how that's affecting as well and who are some of his famous uh, customers. And uh, yeah, just a great, great, great episode. Really enjoyed talking to Rick and uh, really, you know, just a great guy. Before we get to that, don't forget, like us, subscribe, go online, check us out on social media, okay? Go to Texas Real Food and you can find everything about the podcast and also about, you know, Texas Real Food. Um, go to our website, lowstarplay.com, and find all the information about, you know, the, the other shows that we have. And, you know, of course, any podcast app, we're on it. There's a gazillion of them. Um, just search The Lone Star Plate, right? Or Patrick Scott Armstrong or Texas Real Food. Uh, that'll bring it up. Keep following us online. Check out the show. Don't forget to review us, please. Don't forget, leave those beautiful reviews. The team here loves to see those things and uh or just comment on some comment on a youtube you know uh video you see just take two seconds you know uh you can follow us on youtube it's a texas real food page you know and make sure you click that little button and it dings and you can follow us and be notified because look we were we released three episodes a week of awesome texans so if you're a texan or you're not a texan you're interested in texas you could get into this regardless of where you're from uh you can learn a lot about texas so Enough of me talking. Let's get to the show. Rick Fairless, enjoy. So, so you're wearing this t-shirt. I love that t-shirt. So Strokers Dallas. This is your bike shop, right? You have in Dallas. Yes, sir. Where are you at, Pat? I'm in Austin, actually. Okay. All right. I grew up in Dallas, though. Where? 
really like I graduated from Colleyville Heritage High School. Um, so in that area, Grapevine, Colleyville, Euless. What, what year? 98, 1998. Okay. So you're an old man now. Oh my gosh. Don't, don't say that. What are you talking about? How's the bike shop affected with everything? You know, my wife and I own five companies and they're all, they're all affected. You know, the, the, the good thing about the bike shop is that when they, in March, you know, when they close down the businesses, they consider uh, us in the transportation business so we could actually stay open, but we had to pare everything down. So you really weren't selling, you know, the clothing line or that kind of stuff. And, and I have a bar and grill. Well, they shut that down. So, I mean, it was a, it was a huge loss of income that I'll never get back, but you know, uh, people are starting to come around a little bit. So we're staying busy and the bars, the barn grills back open. So it's all good. First of all, I, I guess I should have started this from, from the beginning, Rick. Uh, I should say I know nothing about bikes or I don't even know if that's what you call them. Wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, I actually did own a motorcycle at one point, uh, a 1979 Honda. The year I was born, I bought it. I lived in Pennsylvania. I remember I rode that thing like twice. That's it. I, I, I wrecked it actually. Uh, you know, I fell, I fell over <laughs> riding through my neighborhood in Pennsylvania, uh, turning a corner. I was wearing flip-flop shorts. I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I you know, I, after that, I just said, are you Forget from this. Pennsylvania or you're born? No, Where were you born? I'm, I'm from Texas. I was actually born in Omaha. My dad was in the air force. He was stationed okay. there. So I was born in Omaha, but we lived there six months. So he got out of the air force right after I was born and we moved to Texas and I, I lived there. I grew up in Texas my, my whole life till I graduated high school. Oh, good, good. And then what yeah. brought you to Pennsylvania? I went up to Pennsylvania to, to work. I had some family up there. You know, I was trying to be an actor, just trying different things, you know, wanted to live somewhere else. That That's really all it was, uh, you know, go to New York, hang out and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I lived just outside of Philly in uh, Lancaster and Amish country. So what do you, I went to Lancaster, uh, Lancaster and, uh, Let's see, we went on, Kyle Petty does a big charity ride every year. So Herschel Walker is one of my good buddies. And so he goes, and so we go with Herschel. And uh, two years ago, we went all the way down the East Coast. And so we stopped and we wow. had a free day in Lancaster. And so uh, we went riding around in the Amish country and we went to a place called, uh, uh, it's something to do with screwing. What was it called? Uh, something to do with making love, fortification, <laughs> or what was it called? Uh, oh, that's hilarious. It's one of those towns up there. They have birds at bird in hand. And uh, I'll think. Oh, it was a town name. It's oh, town okay. Name. Uh, yeah. Uh, ah, they have so many weird town names intercourse. up there. Intercourse. Well, it was called. Intercourse. Intercourse. Yep. Been the, there. So the shirt said, it said, <laughs> I took a picture of it. It said, Screwing. I had the big heart, love, and then in big letters, it said intercourse. <laughs> and then in little letters, it said Pennsylvania. So I took a picture <laughs> of it, and I texted it to my wife, and I said, I got you a shirt. She texted me back in two seconds and said, don't waste your money. <laughs> oh, wow. I kind of like the name Screwed better. Uh, that was funny. That's funnier. You know, uh, I think that's better. 
Texas Real Food, where are they located at? There, it's all about Texas uh, here in Austin as well. Um, you know, so it's a cool website. Um, basically, you know, it, w we promote you know organic, fresh food, right, from farmers okay. and things yeah. like that. So the website, you basically just—it's real simple. It's like a directory. You put in your zip code, and boom, it brings up all the places around you that offer stuff like that—organic, fresh, okay. natural food. It's a really cool site, actually. Texas Real Food. So I had to check that out. It's really great. No matter where you live, you know, connect you with a, a local butcher, right? Farmers, farmers markets, okay. artisanal places, just businesses you never heard of. But it supports local Texas businesses, and I'm all. Wait, about you that. said you said a word that I never heard before. Artisanal. What artisanal. was the word? Artisanal. Artisanal. Yeah. What does it mean? That just means like uh, you know, made by hand. Artisanal. You make it by hand. It's personal. No, I never even heard that word before. Y your bikes are artisanal. They are. They are artisanal. They're made by hand. I, you know, researching you, I was like blown away. First of all, you know, look, I, I may not be into bikes, but I also respect art and I respect great engineering and great building, right? Like I can respect good work and looking through your stuff, man, it's just, I mean, mind blown. Just talk about overload on the eyes. You know, some of the bikes that I saw, I mean, just overload on the eyes, man. You are a creator. Talk about artisanal. You, that's you. Well, it, you know, yeah. the, the cool part is that it's my, it is my art, but it's, it's functional art in that you can take it out and ride it across country or ride yeah. it around town or, you know, and that's the, yeah. that's the cool thing. And, you know, so most of the bikes that are, that we build like that, let me, let me hit do not disturb on here. <laughs> most of the, most of the bikes that, that much I know how to do by myself. <laughs> I don't have to call any of my helpers in for that one. Right, right. I love so, it. Most of the bikes that we do are, you know, Pat buys him a new Harley or has an old Harley and he wants to customize it and make it cool. We do that. You know, but if a guy wants a, a, a Rick Fairless original, an artesian or whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and they want to spend a hundred grand or whatever, then we do that too, you know? So it, either way you go, we enjoy what we do. You know, I mean, I, I worked for the Glidden paint company for 20 years and I retired. I was the number one sales rep in the country and I retired to open my motorcycle shop, but it's, you know, I wasn't the guy that said, Hey, I'm going to open me a motorcycle shop, make a lot of money. Never <laughs> crossed my mind. Never yeah. crossed my mind. My mind was, can I make enough money to, to feed my wife and kids? And, and, you know, everything else is fine. You know, anything over that's good. So that was 25 years ago. That's very, uh, that's very humble of you uh, to, to look at it that way, um, which is probably what has made you so successful. You know, I'm a chef and I've been in the industry for a long time and seeing people, you know, own their own businesses, right? And chefs who move forward, ha having chefs who have that attitude honestly seem to seem to do the best. Do, do you feel like same for you? Other I'm sure you know other builders, right? You, do you feel that they're kind of the same way, the ones that have been successful Right, because if you're looking at it from the wrong angle, if you're coming at it from the wrong angle, it, it can it can backfire on you. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the the guys that got into it, you know, in the in the 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 1990s and the early 2000s, that got into it, 
as a uh, because the industry was booming those guys are all gone they're all gone and the guys that are still there are the guys that did it for passion you know there was a guy that wanted me to open a uh i get asked all the time to open a franchise and i say well i don't really want to do that well why don't you have other locations well how can i have other locations when i'm only in dallas you know how can i the guy wanted me to do one in austin do one in austin i said how can i do one in austin if i'm in dallas well, you can get it set up, and Rick, you can make a lot of money and all this. And without even thinking, I said, I didn't get into this business to make money. That wasn't my that wasn't my goal. You know, my goal is, hey, I think I can build some cool motorcycles. Hey, I think I have something to offer that people want. Hey, wait, I can do motorcycles all day long for a living. Okay, I'm in. You know, that was that was my my my. Uh, my thought, you know, was if I, if I could make a living doing something that I love, like what you're doing now, you know, I mean, me and you could be working for, uh, hold on, let me, let me pick somebody good. We could be working for Walmart in the warehouse, <laughs> driving a truck. I got buttons to drive trucks, or we could be working in a cubicle somewhere. No, thanks. I don't want to do that. I'm I not agree. For, Rick. We can pay you five times the money you make, but you got to go to work in a cubicle and you got to wear like disco clothes and, <laughs> and all that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You, you yeah. know, we, we own, our property is right by, by uh, Love Field. So we are right by Southwest Airlines, which Southwest is some of my biggest customers. And so Southwest, their campus keeps growing. So from my property, to the newest Southwest building is 200 yards. So my wife said, what are you gonna do when Southwest comes in here one day and they want this corner? Cause I got the corner. And I said, well, it depends how bad they want the corner. And she said, you wouldn't sell this property for any amount of money, would you? And I said, no. If it was, if they'd say, okay, Rick, you can sell your property 6 million bucks and put it in the bank. Okay, and then what am I gonna do? What am I going to do? You got $6 million in the bank. Okay. What am I going to do with it? I have no desire to drive uh, the, those fancy foreign cars. I got some of the coolest motorcycles on the planet. The truck I'm driving today is a 57 Chevy beater truck that I love. You know, that's the stuff that I do. I, money doesn't mean anything to me other than my wife pays all the bills. Does she have enough money to pay her, her bills and I can build motorcycles and play with motorcycles and talk to motorcycles? You know, that's what I want to do. So I love that. We're, we're I good. love that. No, I love that. That's that's pretty much how I live my life, too. But I haven't done uh, nearly as much as you have. But I love this attitude of, you know, you're, you're there for the bikes because at the end of the day, right, this kind of goes back to this sort of, you know, feeling that we all have of you know what are we trying to do with our lives right like what we get up every day for what what's the purpose of what we do and you take that purpose and you want to fulfill it with something you want to do and as long yeah. as the bills are paid you're good to go i'm good you to know? go and, and i it's, love that you know i mean i i want to leave the motorcycle industry better than i found it and wow. uh, you know so i that's, think you have that's mission accomplished goal. that's my goal you know so it's, You've done that. That's the that goal's done. You got to have another goal now, Rick, because that goal's uh, mission accomplished. You've obviously left it better. You, you got. <laughs>
what I always say here, because it's a compound. You know, we're a motorcycle shop and a barn grill. That's the main two businesses. So I love you, that. When you, <laughs> when you pull into my parking lot, here's the motorcycle shop, which is L-shaped, and then here's the bar and grill. So you pull in between the two buildings, which is uh, motorcycles only. You pull in between, and then it's a whole other world opens up. So I have beer tubs back there for bikini girls. I have a couple of buses back there. I have a Grateful Dead tour bus that they had for years. Oh, I've got wow. a stage back there. And so bikes pull back there, and it's like, you know, it's like a mini rally all the time. And, and you know, so hanging out with those guys, that's the cool thing. I love it. It's like you're in this rock band, you know, sort of. That, that's what's going on here, Rick. You know, I'm curious. So you got a bike shop and a bar and grill together. So basically, you could get drunk and go buy a motorcycle. Has that ever happened? Uh thousands of times <laughs> but, but what you have to be careful of though pat i promise you alcohol is a good is a good oh. factor. it's a good persuader alcohol is a good persuader you're a genius rick this, this, no, you're a it, genius it, this is genius it, it works really good where you have to be careful is you don't want somebody to drink and, and ride a bike you know of course drink of course so we monitor all of that but of course if somebody of course. looks at a bike and well, you know, they're kind of on the fence. You buy them a beer or two, you buy them a hamburger, and you bring them back over, a lot of times that's all you need. Oh, my God. I mean, it's absolutely – yeah, that's some bullshit when you go to a car dealership and they try to hand you some, like, apple juice or some yeah. shit. You know, yeah. you're like, what the fuck? This, or, a, this is, or a donut. This is, yeah, or a donut. This isn't going to put me over the edge here. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. You got the bar and grill there. Get yeah. some drinks, you know, absolutely. God, that is great. I, I, you know, I was wondering if it had happened at all. And you're like thousands of times. Thousands. <laughs> this is genius. This is it totally works. genius. Yeah. I love this. I, I absolutely love this. You know, I was curious about um, the names of bikes, right? Like nicknames and stuff. So your, your bikes are called choppers, right? Is that, is that, the, is that the technical term? I kind of want to get into the origin of the word and where well, that comes from and, that sort of thing. The, the chopper, the name chopper actually comes from uh, when the boys would come back from, from World War II, they would take the big old, the big old bulky Harleys and they would chop them. They would take the front fender and they would either chop it off or make it shorter or they would take it off. They would, the rear fender was really long, so they would chop that stuff off. So it was, <clears throat> it was kind of, they were taking you know, a full dresser, what we used to call them, and taking off all the BS that they don't need to make them cooler and neater. And then it evolved from there into taking the frame and chopping the frame to make the front end longer. You know, so in today's world, a chopper means the long front end, you know, a bike that's, that's really raked and it's really sticks out there versus a shorter bike. But the, ah. the, those bikes all have names, too. Got it. Okay. So, you know, I came across this term called the forks. Uh, this is It was like saying, like, the bike has two forks. I was like, what does that mean? Uh, what, 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 does, <laughs> what does that mean? Okay. So, see that, see that microphone thing in front of you? Yeah. Okay. So, say, so say this end here where, this, where it comes together. So, say right that. Uh, yeah, so say that's where the handlebars are and all that. Okay. And back here, 
to your left is where the motor and all that is. Other, other, your other left, your other Got left, it. that left. Got and it. then yeah, this, my other left. Would, this would be the forks. So the forks stick ah, out, and you have a fork on each side of the wheel. So the forks come out with the wheel, you know, an axle and the wheel connecting them. If they'll Google my name, Rick Fairless, and then hit images, they'll see thousands of pictures of some of the cool, crazy bikes we've done. And, and like I said, normally 99 days out of 100, I'm wearing a tie-dye shirt. But today I was working out in the warehouse doing some stuff, <laughs> so I'm not. I, I like it. I like it. We get this new Rick, this this yeah. one out of a hundred Rick. That's what that's what we're getting today. That's the one you, out of a hundred. You got the Rick working in the warehouse today, <laughs> man. You know, getting your hands dirty. Love it. I can't imagine working at a job that I didn't like, or I can't imagine waking up in the morning and thinking, "Oh my God." I got to go do, you know, because even when I worked with Glidden, you know, I, I, Glidden was actually, there's a small Texas chain called Roach Paint Company. And Roach Paint Company had 30 stores and the corporate office and the plant was downtown Dallas. Well, my mom's aunt and uncle, my great aunt and uncle owned it. So when I was 19, you know, when I used to spend a lot of time with them, they're like grandparents to us. And when I was 19, I got a DUI and I wrecked my truck. And so the, my great uncle said, why don't you come to work for me at, at the, the, the warehouse downtown Dallas? So I did and I worked for him for years. And then I went out and I ran one of his stores in Irving and, and, uh, and then Glidden, he retired and sold out to Glidden. Well, then, you know, here's the difference. When we were Roach Paint Company, I, my store in Irving, which is where I'm born and raised and still live, <clears throat> we were in the company, we were store number four. When Glidden bought us out, I was store number 836. <laughs> so, that, so that was the difference. So you go from, you know, 30 stores to a couple of thousand stores around the country. But when I retired, I had worked my way up to the number one sales rep, you know. So that was the scary part is, okay you're making good money and you got a wife and three young kids. Do you want to risk all that to go do something that you're passionate about? When did you know, okay, I made the right decision. Uh, how, how long into it do you think? A day. Really? I, I, in a day, I knew that it was the right decision. Wow. If I could, if I could financially pull it off and that yeah. was the, that was the hard part, but like, how long did that take? Fina feeling financially uh, a year, a year. You know, safe about a year. Okay. Yeah. That's but not what bad. is, you know, the, the motorcycle business was booming for American motorcycles and Harleys through about 2008. Yeah. 2007. Yeah. And then, you know, when, when the, the uh, recession or depression or whatever you want to call it hit, well, we sell toys. And that's the thing is, you know, we, we sell toys. We're not selling. My dad said, you're not selling anything that people have to have. You know, people have to have their truck. Pat, you got to have that truck because you're driving it to work every day. You know, it, it, say you have a motorcycle too. Well, guess what? The motorcycle is going to set because it's your toy. Or maybe you sell that motorcycle because you're not riding it. But you're not going to sell your truck. That's your transportation. Motorcycles are toys. For most people, you know, what we sell. So it got pretty scary. And that's where a lot of the guys that jumped in on the bandwagon 
that's where all them guys got weeded out. So, okay. So that sort of helped you uh, in the end, uh, you think? I mean, it, once you came out of that time period, right, of t- probably 2010, 2011. Yeah. Pat, we're not out of it yet. We're not, oh, at, we're not out damn. of it yet. You know, damn. but, but we're, we are so diversified at what we do, and we're running a smaller, leaner crew. But before COVID, you know, in, in March, uh, we employed like 60 people, you know. And so, so now during the COVID, we probably employ 40 people. Wow. Okay. So that's a third. Yeah. So third and, drop. and some of the people that I have called back to come back to work decline. You know, they say, oh, boss, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. they don't say they're not coming back because they're collecting the, the government money. You know, they say, oh, I'm scared to death. Well, these are big, tough biker guys that ain't afraid of nothing. You know, they're not afraid. So uh, they declined to come back. And one of them said, he'd been with me for years. And he said, I'll call you when, you know, when this thing plays out. And I said, don't call me. Don't call me. I can't wait on you. I can't shut my company down. You, I'm calling you back to work. You don't want to come back to work. I'm gone. I'm done. Yeah, You're done. You move I'm, on. I'm, I'm moved, I moved on. And I moved on. I yeah. moved on. And you know what? Good for him and good for me. And, you know, sure. I just, you know, I'm from that generation of peace and love. And, you know, <clears throat> don't, don't rag on the other guy. Do your thing and let them do their thing. And, you know, everybody, everybody just get along kind of a deal. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, everybody's, everybody's life is different, right? And depending on your perspective, it's just how it is. So, yeah, I think that's the best decision. You know, it's a business decision. This, you're in charge. This is the tough moves. Uh, you know, I've owned a couple of businesses. That's what you got to do. You got to make the tough decisions. And it sounds like it was the best move. This is not a tough or this is not an easy time for anybody. You live in Dallas or you live in Austin or you live in Seattle or Shanghai or you have a hut along the Nile River. You're affected by this, by this virus. It's affected yeah. everybody in the world. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. why my that's why my grandkids are up here. My wife, my daughter's having to homeschool them, you know, or, or yeah. on the video thing. So she works every day. So yeah. how do you do it? You know, I gave my grandson. He's six. I gave him an office up here. He's got an office with a computer, and <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I've been watching, you know, because I still come to work even earlier now. I get to work like at two o'clock in the morning every day. What? You get to work at two o'clock in the morning? Every day. Seven that days. Is, that's Seven. earlier than a farmer. Even a farmer would be looking at you side eyed. That my dad always said I should have been a farmer because I get up and I go to you know, because I'm in bed by seven, seven thirty at night. But okay. so I'm here and I'm working at my desk and I'm doing all this stuff. I have a big screen TV on that wall over there. So I watch old movies and stuff. I record all that. So I was watching, uh, there's a, a new series on reels or something called, I think, Breaking the Band, you know, so it shows the breakup of Van Halen and the breakup of, you know, all these different. Oh, got so, it. Okay. To, you know, to listen to where, what Van Halen, they got pissed and, and uh, one guy left and they brought in S- Sammy Hagar or yeah. somebody and they Van, did all Van Hagar. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's, it, and so you have the behind the scenes stories, but that's what it is. You know, you're, you're doing something 
that you love and you're making ungodly money, but you have other people with you, like in the band, and if that relationship is not good, then you're in trouble. I also looked, you know, you've you've had your own experience with having a couple yep. uh, TV shows, you know, so you've, you've actually sort of stepped into that realm yourself and, you know, but yeah, let, let's talk about the, you know, the, the shows and, and all that work. And did you feel that was sort of happening to you? Maybe people giving you notes, hey, Rick, you need to be this way. Hey, Rick, you need to wear this. Hey, Rick, you know, say this. Hey, Rick, this, you know, did you feel some of that coming on? You didn't feel it coming on, brother. It slapped you in the head. <laughs> Basically, if you're going to do, you know, reality, I'm going to have a newsflash for you. Reality TV is not real. It ain't real. So basically, they tell you, okay, this is my football. You want to play football? Well, you're going to play the way I tell you to play. You don't want to play football? With, you don't want it? Then you get out of the way, and there's 8 million people behind you that want to. So we did, like, on the, the first series we ever did called Texas Hardtail. Yeah. And, uh, can I cuss on your show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I thought I already cussed. I thought I already myself cussed, yeah. So the the – the, we did the first episode and then the second episode, you know, when it wasn't a script, it was an outline. And they give you the outline and I look at it and I said, do I got to be an asshole in every episode? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, I guess I'll be an asshole, you know, and it's just, it's not me. That's not who I am. So we did, you know, we did the shows and they were awesome. They were awesome for business and, you know, in it's reality TV is based in reality, but it has to be interesting. So they take things that have actually happened in a lot of cases, and then they recreate it. And then they'll say, hey, so this happened? Yeah, yeah, this happened one time. Well, you know, what if, you, what if this happened? What if when that guy said this, you did this, and you threw this out, and then he wrote his, you know, okay, well, you know, so that's kind of reality TV, which is, good it's like when you watch on the some of the history channel stuff or some biography things and they say it's based on a true story yeah that's what reality tv is so we did we've done two different series i've been in some episodes my buddy owns a gas monkey garage richard rollins so i've been on yeah. some of his stuff i've done some cooking channel stuff i've done all kinds of uh, storage war stuff. So we've done a lot of TV over the past 25 years. And we actually got a deal. We're, we're, we're working with the, with the production company when the COVID hit. So, you know, hopefully uh, when all this is over, we can kind of uh, reignite that deal. What was that? Was that going to be something about the bikes as well? Yeah. Or? So, it, you know, because this place is so unusual because it's, it's two and a half acres, you know, on any given Saturday and Sunday, I got 500 to a thousand bikes here. I got bikini girls selling beer. I could totally see, of course. I think you should absolutely have a show. I have this crazy parties going on every week. I got to go check this place out the next time I'm up in Dallas now, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, you know, but we'll figure well, it out. You know, you know, one of the, one of, one of the uh, customers that I had for years was Ross Perot Sr. So here's wow. one of the biggest guys in the country that ran for president. Yeah. And his house is, you know, it's uh, four or five miles from here. Of course, he died last year, but he yeah. used to come up. And uh, he didn't really awesome. like bikes. He liked to watch people. 
So he'd yeah. come up wearing a Hawaiian shirt and Bermuda shorts and drink a Dr. Pepper <laughs> and eat a hamburger and just kind of sit out there. And, and most, just hang out. No, most people didn't even know it's him. Like a lot of people, um, I used to watch the show American Chopper. Right. right. How how real is a lot of that? I mean, I, I guess after talking to you about the reality. So do you think a lot of that stuff was scripted too? their fights and stuff? Because that seemed pretty intense. That was a family business. And it kind of saddened me, honestly, to see it tear apart that way. Was it the TV? Was it the fame? Was it the problems already there? I, you know, kind of honestly, it saddened me to see that. Yes, yes, yes. It was all yeah. of those. I mean, it was it was uh, uh, those guys are good guys. But they, you know, they, they caught the lightning in a bottle kind of thing. And the show really took off. And they knew that, you know, fighting amongst, amongst themselves was great for ratings and all that. So they accentuated all of that. Yeah. And it tore their family apart. And uh, now that the show's been off the air, it's, they've kind of semi-got back. But, you know, it's not like it used to be. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they made a lot of money, but, you know, I don't know. Is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. At what cost, right? Yeah, exactly. You make oh. a lot of money, but at what cost? Yeah. yeah. That's a funny way to look at it, too, because you made a lot of money, but at what cost? What cost? Right? Like, that's crazy to think about. You know, it's, it's an exchange. You're exchanging yeah. one thing for another because, you know, nothing's well, free, he, right? He basically traded his son for money yeah, first thing, exactly. you know and, and those guys got a bad rap you know they a lot of times they charge for autographs or you know i've heard all the horror stories because i'm in the industry with them and you know people would stand in line for hours and then be a certain time nope you know they're not signing any more autographs today you know so i don't know how much of that is true those guys have always been nice to me, but you know, I don't know how they are with the, with their fans. I know that they've been humbled. You know, they didn't have the shit when the show went off. They, uh, they lost a lot of stuff. You know, they, they, they instantly had money problems, you know, cause they didn't have all the big money rolling in anymore, but I think they've got everything situated and they, you know, they've, uh, they're doing okay. They're still making bikes. Still making bikes, yeah. That's good. You know, yeah. maybe maybe they're happy to just be back to, yeah. You know, twisting the wrench, or I don't know the term. Is that the term? I don't. Yeah, that's the term. Yeah, just just that kind of stuff, just yeah. building bikes. Just out there twisting wrench, it right, kicking tires. I guess. Um, you know, I, I'm curious when you when you start a bike, Rick. Yeah, let, let's say you're going to start an original. Let, let's not talk about customizing some, which I think is cool un, unto itself, but I'm sure you probably love, okay, someone has commissioned me to start with an original. Uh, are you, you know, do you, do you try, do you, you know, do you listen to what that person is saying to you of what they want, I guess to some extent, but to some extent you're kind of like, I'm going to give you maybe even you what you don't even know to ask for. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes, there's a lot of guys in the industry, especially when the industry was booming, that their attitude was, if you want a Rick Fairless bike, then you shut up and write me the check and let me, that ain't me. You know, if I'm going to build a bike for Pat, what's your last name, Pat? Armstrong, like the astronaut. If I was going to build a bike, bike for Pat Armstrong, I want to know Pat Armstrong. 
And I have some people, lots of people that we built bikes for, and they say, oh, just do your thing, just do your thing. Okay, but I got about 100 questions, you know, and I want to know where are you from, where did you grow up, what's your favorite kind of music, what year did you get out of high school, are you married, you got kids, you know, do you, do you like the NFL, what's your favorite cartoons? I want to know these things so that I can get to know the person. I, uh, a quick example is I built a bike five years ago for a, a, a guy and he wanted me to do a Rick Fairless custom. He said, just do it. And I said, I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And he said, that's not necessary. Just, and I said, it is necessary for me. I want the bike to mean something to you. <clears throat> so I asked him all these questions and I'm writing all these notes and we exchange a bunch of emails and, uh, kind of at the end of the deal, I'm kind of putting together a kind of a plan at the end of the deal. And he's a musician. He was, he was in the insurance business, but his passion in life was playing music. So, he, you know, he's my age, but he plays in a band and, you know, he can't wait for the weekends to, you know, just to do that. Nothing big, but that music was his passion and went through all these questions. And one of the last things he said was, he lives in Pennsylvania. And one of the last thing he said was, oh, you know, when I was growing up, I lived in New York. And in 1969, me and my girlfriend's brother hitchhiked to Woodstock. And I said, you were at Woodstock? And he said, oh, yeah, man, it's one of the coolest things. And all the I knew what I was going to do right then. <laughs> I built him a Woodstock-themed bike, which was, which was really cool. And uh, uh, wound up two years later, I built him another bike. So... Man, his band his band must be going pretty good. Um, <laughs> he, was the CEO, he was the CEO of a big insurance company, so he, so money was not a problem to him. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, right on. Wow. Uh, see, see, money thing. does buy you some things. Money. <laughs> he was he was an insurance guy, and he loves he loves yeah. it. So yeah, you know, if I I'm love a, that. Love if that. I build Pat Armstrong a bike. I want to know Pat Armstrong. I want to get in your head so that when I build something, it's not just me, it's you. Uh, and, and one last thing, Rick, before we go. First of all, I've had I just, two things. I've had the most amazing time talking to you today. I got I to gotta say um, just Thanks. everything I've learned. And you're just such an honest, humble, down-to-earth, just great guy, man. And I honestly could, cannot wait to come up and, and visit the shop and just see uh, yeah. uh, what you got there, to be frank. And the, and the last thing I was going to say is I have, this, I have an idea for a bike shop name, okay? Uh, it, it came to me. Or, or why isn't a bike shop named this? Okay, so you've seen the movie Predator. You know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, right? And there's a famous line where he's like, get to the chopper. Why is there no bike shop called get to the chopper? You know, there's there's bike shops with all kinds of funny names. You know, I also own a hot rod shop here. Really? What? And it's called uh, Punch Wally Garage. Oh, I did see that. Okay, I did see that. That's, that's, that's right. Okay, I, see, I didn't know it was different bikes. I I have no idea. We're on the social media through Facebook, just rickfairless.com or rickfairless. Uh, I have a fan page. So Facebook is Rick Fairless fan page. We have a Strokers Dallas account. We have a uh, Rick Fairless and the Strokers on uh, Instagram. We have a YouTube 
a YouTube channel. So we've got all that covered out there pretty good. And I think my social media following is like half a million. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good sized deal. You're crushing it, man. You're crushing. I mean, I am, I'm, I'm, Mine is zero compared to that, right? Mine is zero literally compared to that. But look, we just got started. I'd like to say you've done a great job on the interview. You, you're easy to talk to and uh, and you make it easy for me to open up and, and I appreciate that. Well, that's awesome, Rick. I, I really appreciate that, man. Um, again, I, I just enjoy these conversations. You know, I, I'm, I'm into it, right? Like, I love, I love these things. I've been on interviews before where it's just, like, oh my God, come on. <laughs> you make it easy, brother. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm really glad that wasn't that wasn't the case. I, I hope somebody would tell me, uh, you know, hey, this isn't going well. Well, I, I appreciate you having me on. I'd like to say if people can, you know, if they just Google my name on yeah. Facebook or wherever, you'll, you'll see what we do for a living and you can hopefully see how I get so passionate about what I do. Absolutely. And if you're in Dallas, go yeah. check out this bikini, yeah. bikini, you know, uh, bar slash bike shop slash grill slash bar slash everything slash that's awesome. Slash this is awesome. That's what it is. I appreciate it. And, oh, and gosh, Rick. Thank you for having, having me on your show. All right, brother. Well, look, I'm going to let you get back to your family. My best to you and your family during all this. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, brother. And um, we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks, Pat. The Lone Star Plate Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplate.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. Yeah.